Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. You know when you got it, it's this moment that happens. And may it be like me dancers, or may it be whatever genre it is you love the most. It's like, don't stop. Like, don't settle. Don't say, yeah, it's good enough. Because there's no such thing as good enough. It's what is going to make you so happy and proud that you did this for them. And they're going to have this forever. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. This week, my guest is Michelle Santelic, and she is a photographer in the Midwest. And while she photographs several different genres, her main focus is on dancers. Michelle has been doing this for a long time, and she shares with us some tips and tricks for how to shoot dancers in a way that will honor proper dance moves. And she also tells us about how she markets her business in general. Michelle is just really great at building relationships, and she has a strong referral base, and she doesn't hold back with what she gives us during this interview. I'm excited for you to learn more about what she does, so let's get started with Michelle Santelic. Hey, Michelle. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? Hey, Nikki. Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, where are you at right now? Where are you Where are you recording from? I'm in my studio here in Crown Point, Indiana, which is a part of Chicagoland. Nice. Very cool. Tell us about your studio before we get into your photography story. Well, my studio is situated on the square here in our city. We have like the beautiful courthouse and the square around it. And uh, luckily enough, I'm positioned above the best salon in Northwest Indiana. There's three locations. Yeah. So there's three locations and my studio is the entire floor above them. And we do so much relationship business. It's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Wow. Ooh, tell me about that. I, I would love to hear how that works, how you, how you partner with them. Well, something that really worked out from the beginning is the owner. I mean, he's a great guy. His name is Chris. I love him. And we sat down one day and, well, I should rewind. One of the stylists who does my hair, she knew I was a photographer and she had come to my home studio and I did a whole bunch of work for her. And then she spoke to the owner and she's like, hey, I know a photographer. I think she'd be great for the space upstairs. And he, he said, you know, wait a minute. I We have to be careful because there's a lot of people just starting out or doing things as a hobby. I just got to be sure it's a real business. And she logged into my website, showed him my work, and then he called me. 
So then we had a meeting and really talked and he asked, you know, about my portrait work and the vision of it and that kind of thing. So really now when people come here and it's really nice to say, you know, where my studio is located and I'm above Vanna Salon and they're like, oh yeah, we know about them or they already go there and they see my work actually hanging on the walls. What's nice is that when you come to my studio, a part of the whole experience is getting your hair done downstairs. Like I, I meet them, we hang up their clothes, we go into the salon, I introduce them to whoever the stylist is for the day. Then I go upstairs and I start, you know, planning and doing whatnot for the shoot. Then I come back down, check on them. And after that, you know, they come right upstairs. But what's nice is that the way it's billed, it's billed to me. So my client never has to worry about any of that. I mean, they okay, can tip their yeah. stuff if they want, you know, right. which they always do, but nope, it's all a part of it. And then usually when they come up here, then my makeup artist is here and then she, you know, continues the whole experience and we go from there and it's just, That's oh, awesome. it's just it is really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So convenient. Oh yeah. Cause then people can get their hair done. And what we always say is you're getting your hair done and you're literally coming right upstairs. You're not then getting into a car when it's raining and driving across town. It's like everything is here. So it it is great for the clients. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so another thing that I love about that too is that gives you time to be in your studio and planning their shoot and just kind of getting yourself together. At least I know I love that time to have just... Of course, like I'm getting them started with the hair and makeup artist and I'm talking with them, but then I like a good 30 minutes in there just to like design their shoot and get myself together. Do you experience that too? Oh, yes, absolutely. Like my assistants, what we'll do is while the person is downstairs, we will look at the clothes that they brought or anything from the studio wardrobe that we know we want to put them in. And we will already look right from there and say, okay, I want this outfit on this backdrop. And we kind of plan it that way. So you know, it's like really awesome touch base. And then so when the client is up here, it's so smooth. Like we already know what we're going to do and where. Mm -hmm, So we're not, mm -hmm. I mean, because everyone has that moment in a session when it's like, hmm, what should we do now? Well, this eliminates that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, as far as marketing with those stylists, like are you getting your own clients elsewhere and then you just give them the business and then, you know, you just work together or are you getting actual clients from them? It's both. It's both because, yes, my clients will come in and, you know, obviously I introduce them to the salon and it's nice because then if they wind up being a client there, you know, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. But with the salon, now again, he has three locations. I, the last few years now, have been doing all of his commercial work recently. And what's really nice is the clients will be in the the salons and they'll look up at the walls and they'll see the portraits, they'll see the work. And they usually ask them like, wow, who did that? And when they direct them to me, so now that's three locations worth of people, you know, sending stuff over to me. Right, right. Oh, that's awesome. Do do you do any sort of like leave them with any sort of gift vouchers or anything or is it just sort of word of mouth or do you have cards or how does that work? Yes. Yeah, they have all my, um, you know, my cards, uh, gift vouchers. I definitely give those to the, the stylists that I work with, you know, a lot. And it's an incentive to them, you know, if they pass it out to one of their really good clients or someone that had a major transformation or what, whatever, then they can go ahead and give them one of my gift vouchers. And, you know, depending on what 
I decided to put on there. I mean, it may be, um, you know, the free session. It may be a credit towards purchase, whatever it is. You know, I change it up a lot, but I do make sure that the stylists have something to give them, you know, in hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. All right, so I know that you do a lot of dance photography. Yes. And I, I definitely want to talk about that, but let's back up a little bit and tell me how you kind of started and how you ended up into dance. And then I know you also do sort of, you know, beauty portraits and personal yeah. branding and you do you do a, a wide range, but just kind of start from the beginning. Okay, well, I like to tell everyone that I grew up in the industry. So when I was about 14 years old, I, you know, begged for my first job. I went to the studio in town and, you know, just wanted to see what type of position I could get. Could I work? And at that point, it was here, you're allowed to use the gaffer's tape and be quiet. <laughs> like that was it. So it's like, okay, I, I want to be here that much. I will keep my mouth shut and I will stand here. I will pay attention. And then over time, I started really assisting and learning from there. My first mentor, his name was Ted Wahlberg. He was a PPA master photographer, master craftsman. And he was a second generation studio owner. And when we met at that point, he was already, you know, over 60 something years old. And, you know, I was just a kid. So after a few years of being a part of the studio, then I kind of became the right hand man. And so we talked a lot about what I wanted. And it was interesting because we were sitting there because it was not just working in his portrait studio. We did portrait. We went on panoramics. We did proms, anything like that. But he also had his own lab. So I started in the film days. And like my first camera was a Mamiya 645 medium format film. But anyway, so we'd be working on things. And I remember one day, so this is a few years in, and we were sitting in the lab. It was probably 1 a.m. We are running all these prints. And he goes, so, kiddo, what is it you want to do when you grow up? And I thought, look to him. And I didn't have to think long. And I said, well, I want to be you, Ted. And he laughed, <laughs> and he goes, so, yeah, he goes, so you want to be a professional photographer? And I was looking at this man, and he had the typical feet up on the desk, hands behind the head. So what do I do? Put my feet up on his desk, lean back, and say, no, Ted, I want to be you. And he goes, oh, so you want to be the studio owner. I'm like, yes. So he smiles, and he says, okay. He's like, there's three things you want to know. He's like, and if you're going to listen, I'll, I'll tell you. And I thought this was it. Like, I'm thinking, he's going to tell me what type of camera to buy. He's going to tell me what school to go to. So he sits forward. Or I should say sits up, and I do too. And he says, well, kiddo, number one, he's like, you got to be creative. He's like, I can't teach you that. You're already creative, so you already have that. I'm like, awesome, check. You know, one one box checked. And he's like, number two, and I'm thinking, this is it. It's got to be, you know, by a Hasselblad. But he looks at me, and he goes, number two. He's like, you need to learn from a master. And I was like, okay. And he tells me, you know, I am master accredited. I have the studio. And if you're willing to do the work, if you truly are, then I'm willing to teach you as an apprentice. And that was it. I was so excited. And then he goes, okay, now this is it. This is the most important. This is number three. Are you ready? And I leaned forward and he leaned forward. And it was funny because I'm thinking at this point, you know, being naive, like it has to be the the camera, the type of camera, you know, because <laughs> of course that's all the magic in your brain when you're young. And he really leans in 
And now, mind you, this is back in the film days. This is a second-generation photographer, but he leans in and says, get good in business or get out of my way. And that <laughs> shook me. I mean, that shook me. And I, I, I didn't know what to say. And he said, listen, kiddo, the reason why I'm saying that is that there's a lot of people that can be great photographers, but they're terrible business people. He's like, and then they give up. He goes, or there's people that are great photographers and great business people, and those are the studio owners. He goes, and if you want to be me, then that's what you're going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. And yep, I'm telling you, yeah, that was like the greatest lesson ever. And that's what that's when I was a kid. Like I think at that point I was about I don't know 18, 19 years old, and. I mean, there's photographers now that I meet and, you know, all these years later and they're just, you know, maybe they're transitioning from another career. And I love telling them my TED story because it's true. And with Sue Bryce, that's what Sue says all the time. You know, learn the business end so that you can flourish with your creativity end. Absolutely. You can be the best photographer in the world and not be able to sell your work or have any idea how to run a business or be a mediocre photographer and make a shit ton of money because you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know what to do. Yeah, you totally. know what to do. You know what to say. You could do yep. whatever you want. And it's like, and then you do. You get the people that are winning all these awards and they're just, it, maybe it's self-value. I don't know, but it's a, like, it, is that okay to charge? And you look at that and you're like, you're phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you should be charging. Mm-hmm. But yep, yeah, no, yep. I, I started there. And again, that was like back in the film days. And then, you know, after a few years of that, I went on to my next mentor, Ray Price. I helped him build his his dream studio because he was a sports photographer. And, you know, about seven years working with him. So like Ted taught me photography and the love for it. Ray taught me the business end. And that was like the best education right there. And then at the at the end of that, it was a hug and a handshake because I knew that I was so proud of everything that I did and everything that I learned and Ray was so happy, but it wasn't my dream. I mean, I very easily could have just continued in that avenue of photography, but that's not where my heart is. So then in uh, 2009, that's when I went on my own and that was it. It was like... You know, you're. It's not a matter of will this work or if it works. This is who I am. It's going to work. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Once you make that decision, that certainty. Sue. Sue always says certainty and conviction. And yes, it, it it absolutely. I remember when I was quitting my social work job, and it. I had the same mentality. It wasn't even an option that I wasn't going to be successful and and make it work. And I didn't really have work. I just was determined. And Sue was like, you had certainty and conviction. And I was like, yes, yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you have to have those things. And there's a level of confidence. And And unfortunately, a lot of people mistake confidence for arrogance. And no, there's two separate things. So if you have all the confidence in yourself, you can do it. I think another thing that Sue says all the time that resonated with me a lot was when she says, I'm not here to compete, I'm here to create. That's one of my favorite things. Because it's true. I'm a cheerleader for other photographers. I wish them all well. I hope they all find their love. But I'm going to do my own thing. And whatever I do, it's like, or I should say, whatever they're doing has no bearing on what my goal is and my plan is. And that's it. I'm I'm not here to compete because, you know, 
I push myself a lot harder than anyone else could be, you know, towards me. That's just how, that's just it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so then you decided from there, 2009, you're going for it. So what happened? Yeah, that's then? it. Well, it started with a little tiny home studio. And within a year, maybe even less, I outgrew that like so fast. And that was it. I knew I needed a bigger space. And, you know, that's kind of how I fell into where I am now. But what I did, you know, and knowing like where I came from, the photographers I had worked for, and knowing, you know, and I've been a member of the PPA, you know, for years and years and years and going to Imaging USA and things like that, hearing from other successful studio owners, they always said that you have to have, you know, one thing that you can count on. And mind you, this was a lot of wedding people and their thing was that, you know, people are always getting married, so you're always going to have a wedding. Well, I, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I do not love weddings. I've done them. I've, I, I love the couples. I wish them well. It's not my thing. But what I did for security, I established a base So I have my contract work. So I knew exactly how much money I needed to make. So first off, I know my numbers. And then I figured out, you know, what I needed to do to hit those numbers every year. And then after I did that, then I transitioned, you know, from what was a high volume model to a basically like a third would be considered high volume, you know, and then a third is portrait and a third is branding and, you know, all those clients. But that that's the thing though, I have that security. And then what I did was that with all of like my dance schools, and that's what I do the most, I transition those uh, dancers and, and the parents because they're also business owners, they're family people, and I've transitioned them into portrait clients. So if you know me from my dance work, chances are you've looked me up for everything else. And that's what they want. People want, you know, and I don't want to say they want the best. So here I am. But guess what? They want the best and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of people, I think, have that similar, you know, drive that they want to convert clients into a different type of shoot. So maybe it's a family shoot session and they want to convert to a glamour session or you know whatever. So let's talk a little bit about that. Even even if you're listening and you don't necessarily do dance photography, let's talk about how you how you do convert them. Well, it's basically just keeping your name in front of everyone, obviously social media and different marketing, going to the network groups, things like that. You know, you just always have to stay relevant and stay in front of people. But like for specifically for my dance families, they're seeing me a couple times a year. So they'll see me for recital work. They'll see me for their troop pictures if the if the girls are, you know, or boys, but if they're on the competition teams. But when they're receiving their orders, you know, I'm always putting information in there. And then I also on my website, you know, a lot of people sign up for the emails and we're sending out newsletters, things like that. And that's kind of it because I will say this, even though most people will think that the dance work that I do, because I photograph about, I don't know, 12 to 1500 dancers a year. And You know, it's like a lot of people might say, okay, well, that's just super high volume, like soccer shoot. Well, no, it's not like a soccer photo shoot because the price point is way higher than a typical high volume sports thing. And every single dancer I photograph, even if it is for a handful of minutes, I'm going to make sure they are fantastic. 
that it is beautiful. And the light, I mean, I bring every, all my studio knowledge, all my lighting knowledge, everything, I bring that to them when I'm working on their recital, you know, let's say their costume things. And every single image needs to be perfection. And then when the parents are getting that and they see how beautiful it is, then it from there, it's just, it's an automatic thing. They automatically come to me and they say, oh my gosh, Michelle, you know, we want our family done like this or, you know, my business, you know, needs headshots or whatever it is. It's just, they know, they know I'm the person. It's like, I'm always in front of them. My name is always in front of them. And and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that uh, I have a dance model team, and those dancers they love sharing things and talking about you know master accredited photographer Michelle Santelic and you know blah blah blah. And so people hear hear that, and they right away you know see this person's a professional. She's accredited. She knows what she's doing, and that's how that's how the conversion is. So it's. Yeah, sort of yeah, organic. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this really validates when we talk about how you have to get out from behind your computer when you're trying to yes. market. If people didn't know you, if you weren't out in the community, if you weren't talking with people, if you weren't interacting, then you probably wouldn't have as many clients as you do. And I'm not saying you have to be a super extrovert to do this, but you have to at least show your face and get out there. Absolutely. It's like I know a lot of photographers who are scared to death of going to network meetings and standing up and saying who you are and where you're located. And, you know, they always say that's your 30-second pitch. And you should be able to do that. And if anything, I mean, it's just an introduction. And just to be out there and talking and really like with a networking. And I think you may say this too with your branding course. And then you said that, you know, you do a lot of networking meetings. It's like when you walk in the room, every single person there is your client. Everyone needs you. Everyone needs your service. If you are a business, chances are you absolutely need someone who can photograph you beautifully, photograph your company, photograph your product, you know, help you design content, help you put together um, brochures and whatnot. It's like we have all of those, you know, all of those things in our wheelhouse. So why not? So, I mean, if you know what you're capable of doing, then you are very capable of serving everyone in that room. And if you're confident in your work, then you know you can do it. Yeah, just like when you were saying, you know, way back with PPA, everyone was wedding photographers because there's always going to be a wedding, right? Well, that's kind of how I look at personal branding. People who are entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, people who run a business, they need photos always. (laughs) So it's kind of like (laughs) my, my easy way of saying, yes, business owners always need photos. So to me, that's much better than having to shoot weddings every weekend of my life in the summer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it when someone phones in and they of course the first thing they want to do is ask, you know, how much is just a headshot? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you and I both know it's never just a headshot. So, you know, we start talking and then by the end of the conversation, it's like they're booking, you know, for maybe a $1,500 or $2,400 branding session all inclusive with design work as well. And everyone's so happy at that point. Because why? They're busy and we know how to do this. So, you know, more for more. (laughs) Yes, yes. Making people's lives easier is definitely something we do when it comes to, and that's a point that I often make too, is people stress about what they're going to post on social media, what photo they're going to put on LinkedIn. As a business owner, we all know how stressful that is. And if we can help them, 
oh, it makes such a difference. Such oh, a trust difference. me. Even my assistant, Izzy, I joke and call her vice president in charge of TikTok because that's what <laughs> they do. They love making these videos and things. And you're not going to see me, well, never say never, but I'm probably not going to be the person getting on TikTok and lip syncing things, but they are. So, <laughs> so let them do it for the studio. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that because you said you have a dance a team dance model team. Yes, yeah. dance model team. That's what you said. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Is that similar to like a senior model team? Okay. So the way this works, I, I should say this. I give so much credit and gratitude for my friend Rebecca Shepard. She is, you know, a great senior photographer. Yeah, She's in she Kansas. Is. Yeah. And the way she does her senior team is phenomenal. And and it's not the traditional way that I was even used to working for other studios. So when we started talking one day, you know, because yes, I do photograph seniors, but it's not my heart. And one day she said to me, it's like, Michelle, if you could photograph one thing every day forever, what would it be? And I said, well, dancers. And she goes, okay, like your recitals. I go, no, dancers here in the studio in my artwork in Moody Light. That's what I want to do. So she laughed and goes, all right, well, let's do this. So then the whole vision there became to create an exclusive team of dancers, so a new team every year to be featured in my artwork, you know, showcase for all my marketing and here for my studio and work that is submitted to the Portrait Masters Awards and Accreditation and, well, and other industry publications and whatnot. But what we did then, and mind you, this dance model team, this so the one I have now is the second year. Last year, during the pandemic, I launched it. And people would have thought I was crazy. But this, I, I just felt that at that point, that people needed to see artwork. They needed to see the creative things happening. Things were so dark and sad for a long time that I think the general population needed to see that there was still goodness happening. Well, maybe and you needed it too, you know, and your dancers and yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely did. And last year's team, what we did, had, you know, very much inspired by, and I, I know every Sue Bryce education member knows this, there's a gorgeous picture that Sue did. I can't think who the model was, but someone, and they were covered in clay. And I love that. Like that was one of the first shoots that I saw of hers posted in SBE. And I just fell in love with that. And so we did something similar. And I told them, you know, okay, darlings, you are dancers who have not been able to move for over half a year. So I'm going to cover you in this clay, which was a mixture, but I'm going to cover you in this clay and now you're, because you've become statues, but now you're breaking through. And then it, that, all that crack, you know, that the crackedness of the, of the clay that was on them, the crackly, I guess, I don't know mm -hmm, what the word is, mm -hmm. the texture. Anyway, it looked like they broke out. So now they, they're no longer still because they're dancers. And that was the first shoot we did with the dance model team last year. And wow. that sent the biggest message to not just them, but the whole community that was paying attention to what we were doing, that something big was happening. Because I truly feel, and this is just me, so every day I wake up and I start with a state of gratitude and I think about all the things I'm so happy for and, and what I want to accomplish and that kind of thing. And then when I think about my work, you know, my artwork and what needs to happen next, you know, the thought is always 
to exist in a state of creativity and, you know, like exist in a state of creation. And when you are in that energy, you start attracting people that also have that positive energy and want to be involved. So that's really what happened with last year's team. Now, what was interesting is that this year, there was so much interest in it. I mean, we had so many interviews. So people, the dancers, and the youngest age I will take is 13, and the oldest are is you know 17, 18 years old. So these are the youth dancers. And most of them have been dancing since they were two years old. So they're pretty, pretty advanced. They had to apply, come in for an interview. And after discussing everything, I whittled it down to the six that I wanted the most. And from there, you know, we started really creating. Like this year's team, I have Izzy and Leela, Madison, Maddie, Grace, and Allie. And these girls are fantastic. I loved getting them together, talking about, you know, the different work that I have planned throughout the year because it's a year-long thing. And um, what was nice is that this year, we our first shoot, we launched it uh, with Jasleen Gonzalez. She has a thing called On Set with Jasleen, and she was the winner or one of the winners of America's Next Top Model, you know, with Tyra. So Jasleen and I got together brought, you know, came in, we had one night where it was all about empowerment. And then the next day we did an editorial shoot and the girls had such a great time. And if anything, they learned more about themselves and it was so wonderful. I mean, it's kind of interesting that the entire dance model thing started as a way for me to create work. And like you were saying, like for my heart and for my soul, And then what it's turned into is a way for these dancers, you know, it's an education for them, really. It's like they get their empowerment and I get to teach them. I get to guide them. I get to show them how to find the light. And, you know, like when we're working, yeah. So when they do that and they can see themselves truly, that's when I think they really know who they are and what they're capable of. It's such a beautiful space to be in. And it's, I mean, it's so fulfilling. Like for me, it's my entire heart. So I do put a lot of that into my dance model team work, which we're actually getting ready for our next shoot. It's going to be pretty awesome. So there's obviously, you do it because you love it, clearly. I guess, you know, feel your passion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, tell me, how does this help your business? Like, are these girls, you know, talking about you? I know you said they like to post the work yes. are other dancers coming to you because they see your work like do the does the team get all of this for free tell us some of the logistical part of it okay so it is a paid thing so there is a membership fee and there is a year-end purchase and that's a bunch of printed work but for that they're getting probably triple that in the amount of images you know that I'm posting and that they do receive that so they are receiving a lot for being on the team and of course the experience this is it's an exclusive thing and it's nice to be a part of that but as far as like marketing wise for my business so yes the girls they're always posting. So they have their Instagrams and TikToks. You know, they're sending things all the time, you know, tagging the studio, sharing it, getting conversations going. You know, I start getting more followers because of it. Then a lot of girls from all the different dance schools, you know, that at that point, they're seeing it. So 
I should say this, at the end of every dance year, from Graphy, actually, I use them and then print a beautiful magazine. So each of the dancers gets this and also the dance schools that they come from. So they have these. So the dance schools get these beautifully printed magazines, the large ones, and they get to look through them and see the work. So moms are always seeing this. Other dancers are always seeing this. And of course, they all go to different schools. So they're talking about it in the different schools too. So it generates a lot of conversation that way. And you know, the thing is, is that I do have people reach out to book solo sessions for their dancers because they see the work that I do. And maybe that's what their daughter wants. And I'm so happy to do it. I truly, I truly come alive when I'm photographing a dancer and may it be with my team, which is dedicated to my artwork, or if it's in here for a solo and it's about them, you know, at that point, it's completely about them. I'm still, I'm still holding the space for them, still directing them. They're still seeing themselves in my work. And that's why they come to me. And it's just, I mean, talk about something filling up your whole heart. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit then about your pricing structure for these individual dance shoots. Well, if someone comes to the studio for a solo shoot, it's exactly the same as my other portrait work. I mean, maybe there's different products they want. Maybe they want an album or maybe they want like a beautiful nine up or we put together a gallery wall. But if it's a solo and you're coming here, it's still a $250 session fee. It's still hair and makeup if they need it. It's still about two and a half, sometimes three hours with me. Um, there are other services someone can add on. They can um, bring in, like let's say they want to bring in one of their dance instructors, they can, or I will bring in a dance instructor as a technical director to make sure everything is perfect. And I will stress this. Okay. Yeah. And that's, mind you, and that's just if they come to the studio. I mean, they get treated just like anybody else I photograph. Maybe a little bit more love because it's dance and my heart goes crazy, but I'm still going to take care of everyone, you know, and maybe, maybe I photograph them for a few minutes in their recital costume And that's the difference. Because see, some people will say, well, Michelle, if you're photographing them for recital, what's the difference between that and then spending so much more, which is what people like to say, to come to your studio? And I say, well, at recital, I only get a handful of minutes. And even though it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to treat that dancer like they're the only person in the room, it's a lot different versus coming to the studio. And now you're the only person that I get to take care of for two to three hours. It's a different experience. And even the products themselves, the the photographic paper I use, the wall portraits, the stuff I order up from Graphy, all of that stuff is special to the studio versus when you're getting things for recital. That's a different type of paper altogether, you know, the printed portraits, but it's still good quality. It's still good. But when you're here at the studio, I'm making sure I'm really, really taking care of you. All right. And then so do you have specific packages or is everything a la carte? And do you have a session fee? Well, the session fee for a solo here is $250. And then from there, like our packages, I mean, I really do like pushing for the folios. And my average sale right now in studio is about $1,800. And yeah, sometimes I really think it's (laughs) time to bump that up a little bit. But I mean, it's consistent. 
and you know that's good. That's and great. so yeah. yeah, so so people will be getting the folios or again they'll do a nine up or an album. You know, a lot of people will say, well, it's like I have other children, so I don't want, you know, one whole wall dedicated to my dancer. And we'll say, okay, well then how about we do a beautiful album? And that's it. They're so happy at that point. Okay. So as far as products, do they come within your packages or is that something that they have to purchase separately? Well, when you're at the studio, again, that's where you'll get like the folio, like so many in each, you know, eight, 16, 24. So pack- you know, okay, I just want to make sure everyone's super clear. So you're, or understand, so your packages come with a portfolio box that is, because some people don't know what that means. Like to us, it's like, oh yeah, folio box. But uh, for okay, people yes, who yes, might yes, just yes. be learning, can you just explain what that is and what it comes with and that sort of thing? Okay, so when you're at the studio, and you're coming in for a session again, so that's two fifty for the session, and then you get the three collections. So you would get eight prints, and they would come a beautiful. I like using silk paper; they're matted, and they come in the beautiful uh, folio boxes from Graphy. Those are my favorites. Um, so you can do eight, sixteen, twenty-four. Mm-hmm. I do the Nine Up Gallery series. That's just, I mean, that's just gorgeous. Everyone, I highly suggest you have one of those printed and put in your studio, especially if you are going to photograph something like this, you know, a dancer, because it's a beautiful series you can do. And then other than that, my wall portraits, those are a la carte, or I'm very happy to design a collection wall. But usually the collections like that, like for a wall gallery, that's usually when I'm photographing families. It's it's not just one person. All right, Michelle. So as far as photographing actual dancers, I guess, are there any tips you have for the listeners around that in general? Okay, so I would say for definite, if you did not grow up as a dancer, and if you're just getting into this, you definitely need to take some things into consideration. First off, safety. So let's just assume they're coming to your studio. You need to make sure that you have, you know, have them warm up, have a space for them to warm up properly before they begin their moves in front of your camera. You need to make sure if you're using different backgrounds, like on the floor, that is properly secured. Because the last thing you want is for someone to slip. So you definitely want them to feel the floor and tell you if it's okay for them or not. Then as far as you know, dance itself, you need to be familiar with ballet. You need to know the, you know, the foot positions, you know, first through fifth position. You need to know what a proper turnout looks like. And that's, you know, when the foot is literally turned out from the body, the leg is turned out. You need to know the difference between a beautiful pointed toe and a sickled foot. I mean, because it could be the most beautiful dance move in the world. It could be the face could be perfect. The hands could be perfect. The body, if that foot is sickled, I mean, that could end a career right there because that shows that they don't, you know, that first off, you don't know what you're looking at. So definitely, I mean, and you can look this up, you know, they'll have all types of examples online of a beautiful foot versus a sickled foot, which is wrong. But I know that 
I mean, there's certain moves that, you know, you got to watch defeat for a beautiful releve. And that means when they're going up high or a tondu, an arabesque, something called an attitude. I mean, these are all beautiful moves that you can start with and go from there. But I will say this, and this is something that I've helped and in a way mentored other photographers that are getting into this. You need to know that dancers are used to a director or a choreographer, and you need to be that for them. That's a great point. Well, exactly, because a lot of people will say, you know, like, oh, I had a dancer in today, and I told them, okay, do your moves. Well, it's like, <laughs> okay, what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, okay, well. Oh, uh, you want to go ahead and do that uh, point? Yeah, do, do that, that twirl. Really <laughs> yeah, it's like, can you do that twirl thing again? Oh, trust me, I've made up some crazy names before. Like, oh, can you do a creepy crawly? And they don't even know what that is. And I'd have to show them. And it's really hilarious. <laughs> but I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's like, you ha- you have to hold the space for them. You have to be the director. You have to, and this is where obviously a consultation and whatnot, you know, with them prior to the shoot, you know, should be done because you need to know what you're going for. But if you have connection and direction, then you gain their trust because when that happens, and you know this, and and other photographers know this, and even Sue Bryce talks about this. A portrait is happening in such a close space to each other. And you have to hold that energy for them. And they will understand what you want. And like when I'm working, you know, it's like you've developed that relationship with them. You're guiding them. You're showing them. And and when I'm when I'm photographing someone. And I will tell them, you know, okay, you know, this, you know, whatever the move is, and I'll have them do it. And I will count for them because now we're both on the same timing and you need to know that. But when you're really working and you have it, if I can tell a dancer might be getting a little hard on themselves or think you're frustrated, I will stop and I'll say, okay, darling, take a look. And that's when I'll show them. Like, I'll say, okay, here's the move. And this is where you're landing on the count. So we have to do a little bit more prep here. And here's the land. And they'll say, okay. And it's like, if you can do that and encourage them and show them, these are all the things that you have fantastic. Now we just have to watch that foot or watch the hand or the expression, whatever it is, they can see it, you can do it. And when you've got it, it's it's so like there's been times where we'll be working and the move is so fantastic that when we got it, I won't be able to speak because I'm I'm getting choked up. And I just shake my head and grin and then I'll show them the picture. And when they see themselves on the screen, and if they stop and put the hands to the face, you know you did it. You know you did it. <laughs> and it, and at that point, they it's like they that's when they just I don't even know what the word is. I mean, they they just come out so alive. And again, it's about trust. It's about trust and directing them and connecting. I mean, I would say if anything, like if you can gain that, if you can, it takes practice. I mean, if you've never done this before, it takes practice. But when you get there, if you can do that, it is fantastic. It is absolutely my heart. <laughs> and what a gift to give to them especially if they've been dancing their whole lives. And I know dancers can see themselves on video, and, and I'm sure they don't dance so they can see themselves. But right. what a beautiful gift for them and for their family to actually have that kind of frozen in time. And 
And it really is because if you're photographing them from the time they are, you know, young, just young dancers, and they go on to become professionals, they see that progression. And it is amazing. But again, I even photograph professional dancers and, you know, they walk in and I would still never say, okay, so dance. (laughs) It's like, like, you don't do that. You really need to be the director and again, hold that space for them. Yeah, that's great advice. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so if you had your choice. Uh-huh. I know when Rebecca asked you what you would do, is is that what you would do full-time? And do you think that there are enough kind of dancers out there to do this full-time? Or, or do you like the variety of personal branding and you know, other things you do as well? I do like the variety. Like I do love... I do love when the business owners come in and we get to talk about their business and get all excited and you just see them, you know, just come. Yeah, I mean, it Mm -hmm. is. You see them come alive and they're so excited and you want to help them. And and we've had our own journeys on building our businesses. So I I would never stop doing that stuff. And I I do love my, what I would say, my regular portrait work. And that, that could be a woman coming in for more of a glamour look. That could be, you know, a couple, a family, you know, just because we do. We love it. And we know they're going to have that forever. But as far as the dancers go, I'll say this. I mean, you and I were both at Portrait Masters, and I was very, very happy to be front row when Darren Vera took the stage. And gosh, uh, so he's standing there in third position, like the whole time because he is a dancer. And when he was photographing his wife, I had tears. Like I literally had tears. And it, it, it was, it was so beautiful. And and it's interesting because when you see that relationship happening and it's all this creativity is happening, it's like your heart just fills up. And that is when when you are projecting an energy to them and they feel it and they sense it. And then it's coming back to you. And now it's this beautiful thing that's happening. That is what I would do all the time. I would love very much to photograph, you know, dancers here in my studio in Moody Light. Actually, I was talking at that Portrait Masters to Felix, and we were talking about the lighting series that he does. And he asked me, he's like, well, Michelle, well, what is the goal? And I said, "Uh, to photograph dancers in Moody Light. That's exactly what I want to do. And he's like, okay. And then we talked more about the lighting series and whatnot. But I mean, that's really it. It's just creating that and wrapping them with light and making this emotional picture. I mean, I think for me, from the time I was a kid, from the time I was working with Ted, like I showed up there to work because I wanted to create something. Like I knew I wanted to create something more than, I guess, the quote, standard portrait. And and then that was finding something that I love, finding my niche. I mean, that that was a gift. It was truly a gift. Definitely. Well, and just a side note too, if when you mentioned Dayron, yeah, if for people who weren't at the Portrait Masters, if you're a member of Sue Bryce Education, if you click on courses and scroll down to conference speakers, he it's 2019. You can watch that whole thing and see what Michelle's talking about because it truly was just magnificent. <laughs> you may even yeah. see me in the front row crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one thing that he said 
And and Rebecca actually was sitting next to me and I'm like elbowing her because he says in there something to the effect of he takes pictures until he loves it. Like when he's photographing a dancer at his studio, he doesn't stop until he's happy, until he loves it. And that is the truth. Because you know, you know when you got it, it's this moment that happens And may it be like me, dancers, or may it be whatever genre it is you love the most. It's like, don't stop. Like, don't settle. Don't say, yeah, it's good enough. Because there's no such thing as good enough. It's what is going to make you so happy and proud that you did this for them. And they're going to have this forever. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And I was actually going to lead into next was I was going to ask you a couple questions that I always ask yeah. at the end of each of each episode. <laughs> and, and one of the things, well, we'll come back to that one because that's number four. I got to go in order. But that is really great advice is is to truly just you have to know when you got it. Like all of us, I think, as photographers during each shoot, when you get it, it's like, yes, <laughs> and then you want to go home and edit it. You know, it's it's really cool. It's a cool feeling. Yeah. And and I appreciate you just sharing all of this. And yeah, it's, it's, it is so great when you find something that you're so passionate about. So I'm happy that you have that. It is kind of funny because a, a web designer, she was talking to me and she was doing my website and she's asking me all these questions. And it's not that I don't like talking about it because I absolutely love talking about what I do, but she's not a photographer. So it was so funny because she's like, well, tell me about how much do you love this? And what does this mean to you? And my response was, hand me a camera and let me show you. (laughs) And truly, I think that's the goal. I I think for other photographers, I mean, to, for me to be able to, you know, show them, it's like, that's, that's it. It's like, you'll understand when you see it because there's that moment that happens. And if you do it right, it's so fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, let's get started on the final questions that I ask. And number one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Can't live without, let's see, I need my Starbucks and my assistant, (laughs) Izzy. (laughs) She's my right-hand man. Um, That was truly, it's like all the equipment you you can think of, most of us always have. But I always say, it's great to have somebody assisting you that can jump in, move a light, you know, move a V-flat, move whatever they have to, you know, adjust a toe, adjust an outfit so that it does not break your connection with the subject. And that's something that I did, like when I worked for Ted and even Ray, but when I worked for Ted, he we got to the point where he would like motion and I would have to know what that meant. And all these years later, it's like when I'm working All I have to do is look or just make a hand gesture and Izzy will jump in and move a board and do what I need. And so I would have to say I absolutely cannot live without the ace number one assistant because they truly make my life easy. Yeah, assistants are magical. If you have have a good one, absolutely. Yes, yes. I love that. Okay, uh, number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Working. <laughs> when, I, when I'm watching a movie, I'm working. When I'm reading a book, I'm working. When I'm just kind of sketching things, I'm like I'm constantly thinking about what do I want to make next. And so I don't mean like there's a big thing where people think that you have to be hustling at every minute. I don't. 
I need to breathe. I need to think. I need that moment of peace. But I'm think that that's where I'm thinking. That's where like maybe in, in the quiet, that's where all the ideas happen. So that's that's definitely, you know, a little bit of rest, a little bit of self-care. I like chatting uh, on the phone with my girlfriends and you know, that's again, the ideas, that's where they come. I'm yeah, always yeah. thinking. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Okay, so inspirational quote, uh, Howard Thurman, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because Mm. what the world needs is people who have come alive. It's very true. It is. Especially for creators. I mean, (laughs) and for people who aren't creators, we need creators to create things. (laughs) To bring us joy, looking at them and experiencing them and... Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) All right. And number four, and I know you touched on this a little bit, but what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would tell someone starting out to really think of your why. Like, why do you want to do this? I would tell them to, you know, spend the time and, of course, a little bit of money. You know, it's an investment in yourself, but get education. I mean, especially, I mean, with the Sue Bryce community, and I absolutely love everything that has come from being a part of that community, the education, the conferences, spend time around people that are like-minded and can help you, you know, get to that next level. I mean, everyone is learning. I mean, everyone at every level is learning. So to have great conversation and to be inspired by everyone that's that's a that's a very good thing to have that community and have a bond with other people. You know, definitely that would be that would be something right there. It's like make sure that you have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's life changing. It it really is. I mean, even during the pandemic, that first week when we all had to shut down, it's like at first it was shock. The next week we cried, and the third week we got to work. And I started my own a mastermind with some other photographers. And every Monday for that entire year, actually, even now, every Monday we log in, we touch base, we talk about business, we talk about life, we talk about everything. And it's nice to have that community to keep you going. And that's that's definitely something I would tell someone starting out, you know, to not be afraid to reach out to someone that has a lot of experience. And I mean, again, I started when I was 14 years old. You know, I'm 42 now, so do the math. (laughs) I mean, I literally grew up in the industry and everything I've ever learned, I mean, it would be a failure to not pass that on to someone. So reach out. I mean, reach out to people. I agree with you. And definitely finding your tribe is really important. But also reaching out to people and is yes, it is very important. I want to mm-hmm. I want to recommend something though to people. Don't just reach out and say, "Hey, can I buy you a, a cup of coffee and pick your brain?" I get that <laughs> no. sometimes, and I'm like, "One, I don't drink coffee, and two, I hardly have enough time for my family and my best friends." Absolutely. You know, I'm always prioritizing. So make sure you're bringing someone value. Like I have someone reach out to me and say, "Hey, I'm wondering if I can watch." A session. And and that's just not something I do because of, no. you know, I want my clients to be comfortable and that sort of thing. But you know what they said? Hmm. I will clean your studio. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm like, oh, now we're talking, you know. And it's like, well. You know, uh, if you can bring, not that I want someone to always offer to clean my, my shit. Like, that's not what I'm saying. No. But if you can find a way to bring value to someone, that is what is going to get someone attention. Not saying, can I pick your brain and buy you a cup of coffee? Like, Well, that's it's one thing if you you know, meet people and you're talking. It's another if you have not really met them and you need them to mentor you because there are a lot of us that actually do that. And, you know, because it it is your time. It's time away from family. It's time away Mm -hmm. from your other business. I mean, and if you truly are willing to do the work, it's like, okay, you know, then then you can obviously get education, but get yourself a mentor in the genre that you want to work with. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's like I've had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, um, hey, Michelle, can you send me your pricing for a dance recital? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like that, like, wait a minute, you don't just you don't just grab that and then someone and right, right. Exactly. It's gotta be it, there there has to be an even it has to feel like an even exchange. That's not to say that we shouldn't pay it forward because the Lord knows I love paying it forward. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm usually paying it forward to someone who I feel some sort of connection to mm-hmm. who has tried to find a way to bring me val- value or something. Yes. I don't know how to explain it. It's just... Well, I'll I'll say this. Um, even with my assistant, Izzy, you know, yeah, she's been an assistant, but then eventually she did come to me and tell me, she's like, Michelle, I love this. I love everything about what we do, and I truly want to learn. She's like, can I be an actual apprentice? And I told her, you know what? Yes. Yes. And it's like, it's the, the, the mutual, the even exchange. I mean, she's bringing, she does work for me and she is learning and she puts in that time. So the more I educate her, the better she is for me. I mean, it's skills she can take on her whole life. And I've had other assistants that work, you know, have worked for me and then moved on, mind you, into other genres or other career paths. Like one's a nurse, one's a teacher, but everything that they've learned from me they were able to take, you know, take that with them. So that, I mean, and again, that goes back. I know some people say old school all the time, but that goes back to my upbringing because back in the day, people would have to, if you wanted to learn photography, you either needed to go to college or go work for a studio. There was no creative live. There was no super ice education. There was none of that. So... I think I'm extremely fortunate to have that upbringing in the industry because there's so much to be said for having a one-on-one educator. Yeah, there is, definitely. Yeah. Well, sweet. This is some really great advice and solid points. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I like being a voice of reason. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again. Where can people find you if they're looking for you online, Michelle? MichelleSantelicPhotography.com is my website. They obviously have my Facebook. I'm on Instagram, M. Santelic Photography, and uh, TikTok, The Real Diva. And that's my assistant. She's the one that does that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again. And I will see you online in the group and hopefully in person at the next Portrait Masters. If we can, that would be amazing. So hopefully I will see you then. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 